taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. The following is an encore segment of PPC Rockstars. Hey, PPC friends. Thank you for coming back for another episode of PPC Rockstars. And as you know, I get to interview uh, some of my my best PPC buddies. And uh, our guest today is certainly one of those. Um, you know him as BG Theory on Twitter if you follow uh, follow him on Twitter, which you should. Uh, and I'm talking about, of course, Brad Geddes. Uh, thanks for joining us, Brad. Oh, thanks, David. Always a pleasure. And Brad has uh, Brad, along with being the um, host of Marketing Nirvana on the same channel, and the uh, founder and proprietor of Certified Knowledge, uh, has a blessed event coming soon. Why don't you tell us about that, Brad? Sure. So the uh, third edition of Advanced Google AdWords will be out uh, May 12th. So it's um, it's been six, four years since I wrote the first edition. So uh, wow. keeping every two years so far, a new edition. And so it's full of uh, obviously all the latest changes, which are kind of endless when it comes to Google. Yeah, truly. So what, I remember you estimating the amount of uh, of new material in the third edition but I don't remember the figure. Oh, I would say completely new, 25%. Wow. Seriously rewritten, um, half. Wow. Because you consider, hilarious. yeah, when the last edition came out, enhanced campaigns didn't exist. Uh-huh. Right. Flexible targeting didn't exist. Remarketing was in its infancy. Uh, and, and so, and PLAs didn't exist. Um, there were no shopping campaigns. Wow. It's hard to believe all that has happened in such a short time. Yeah, it's it's amazing the speed of changes. Yeah. So today we are going to uh, discuss uh, a really, really important topic that you are uh, concentrating on. Um, you can go ahead and talk about uh, the the product that you've been use uh, you've been focusing on uh, developing, but uh, we're we're going to talk about ad testing. So uh, where, where do we start with that topic, Brad? Oh, where do we start with ad testing? That's a that's a tough one. Um, so it's easy to start with. I, quick question, guys. My phone suddenly started ringing, which is probably housekeeping. Is that getting picked up on this microphone? Just a little tiny bit. Okay, I, I'm sure that was housekeeping. Probably calling to say, "Why is your do not serve sign been on the door for three weeks straight?" <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and I will go in and answer that question. Okay. So with ad testing, there's a lot of angles you can take to get a discussion, right? You've got what metrics do you test by? You've got are you testing by effective device, mobile or display? Um, What is statistical significance? And then, of course, ideas to do ad testing. So kind of any of those are really a, a good starting spot. Okay. Well, for, let, let's first just uh, acknowledge that ad testing is uh, one of the most important ways to improve uh, all, the, all the KPIs, all the key metrics, um, click-through rate, quality score, conversion rate, 
conversion volume. So um, it's it's an important thing to do frequently and and on an ongoing basis. Um, but you've been concentrating recently, and and uh, the world has been concentrating recently on mobile uh, mobile advertising and and the the uh, rapid and uh, huge increase in um, the use of smartphones for searches and and uh, just general day-to-day business. So why don't we start by talking about uh, mobile ad testing? Sure. I mean, so right now it's estimated that um, by the end of next year, half of all clicks from paid search will be mobile. So, uh, of course, you need to control your mobile ads independent from desktop. And I think that's really number one is when you look at um, Google or Bing, doesn't really matter. You've got those little check boxes when you create an ad that says mobile preferred. And if you're not doing something that's simple, then your desktop ads are being shown on mobile devices. Different user experience, different user intents. So, you know, the first step is understanding there is a mobile preferred ad. And if you don't have one mobile preferred and one desktop ad in an ad group, then you're not even controlling ads by device, let alone testing ads. So it's really that, that first step is understanding that part exists. Okay. So what what are some examples of ways that mobile preferred ads should differ from desktop ads? Well, this does depend by industry. You got to think about your user base and why would they look for you on a desktop device versus a mobile device? So if you're a big company and you're running television commercials, then often you have that initial discovery with the TV. They pick up the phone. They take a look at the product. They research later. If you've got someone out in the community, it may be that they are trying to find your actual office location. So driving directions as opposed to e-commerce for a store. Um, If you're a locksmith, someone who's on a desktop is more likely to be looking at changing the locks on their house, installing a security system, so forth. On a mobile device, it's it's a need right now. I'm locked out of my house or my car and it's running. And, And so... There is no clear-cut, this is mobile, this is desktop differences. Mm -hmm. It it really does depend on your business. And the first thought is, if someone's taking the time to open up a computer and really look around our site, look at our offers, see what we do, then we want to give them this experience. If they're on a mobile device, then what differs from that? Is it they Mm -hmm. need something immediately is it that it's a, a research, though either you know watching television in the evening? Um, and, and of course, you can call from a mobile device, right? Computers aren't inherently a call-based system, and, and so even your conversions might change by device as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, is do you think that uh, best practice for ad testing would be to have a minimum of four? Ads per ad group, two for desktop and two for mobile? Yes. I hmm. strongly believe that. Four okay. ads per ad group. Now, if I can say with, with honesty, when I'm making a, a new, very large account, I might not do that. I might start with just like three ads. But then when I do the testing, I will segment by device start to see the message differences by device, and then I'm going to pick a winner by device, and then I'm going to do it from there based upon volume. So if I've got an account that I've been working on, 
then, then definitely yes. If it's something that you're trying to build, you know, 10,000 ad groups and 30,000 ads, then you might shortcut initially and then know this is your next step. Gotcha. So what are, what are some of the other considerations when testing mobile ads? Um, well, actually, number one is to make sure you have desktop ads in an ad group. If mm-hmm. you don't, your mobile ads are actually on desktops. Mm-hmm. So that's one um, things I like to test, even just saying you're you're mobile friendly in your display URL. I, I see big differences when we say things like m dot our site or our site dot com slash mobile. Ah, uh, nice. But, yeah, because it, it just says, hey, I mean, because we know how many sites are terrible on mobile devices, right? It says, hey, our our site really does work on mobile. Nice. Um, site links. Site links should be different often mobile versus desktops. Um, you might have, you know, mobile more like store locator pages or call and so forth. And uh-huh. um, calls to action. I mean, we did one big test, and this was across, I don't know, a, a very large set of ads across multiple advertisers. Where we just looked at something as simple as what if our description line to call to action says contact us or call us? And then, of course, call us for like a free quote or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and we would see. Call us did way better on mobile than a desktop, and contact us did way better on a desktop than a mobile device. And that's, I mean, it's a very subtle difference, right? Basically, we're saying, hey, get in touch with us. But changing that word around by devices, it, things like that make a difference. Nice. Very nice. Hey, Brad, we've got to break uh, for just a few minutes for some important messages from our sponsors. And uh, when we get back, I've got a question to ask you about uh, mobile advertising. So listeners, stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. 
all-inclusive marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to all-inclusive marketing. Engage with all-inclusive marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-inclusive marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in all-inclusive marketing means award-winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. The following is an encore segment of PPC Rockstars. And we're back with Brad Geddes, and we're talking about mobile advertising and mobile ad testing. And um, I'm willing to wager that a lot of our listeners do not know that mobile advertising, even when you don't have a mobile-optimized site, uh, can be very effective. And I'm talking about click-to-call ads where the only option is to... Uh, tap a line or, or an image and make a phone call. In other words, the uh, person looking at the ad does not click through to a site. They just make a phone call. And help, help refresh my memory about how to set that up, Brad. Do you remember? Yes. So essentially what when you do this, the user can't get to your website. They can only call you. So you have to create the call extension. There's a setting in the call extension that essentially, and it doesn't say it refers to mobile, but it really only does, right. where it's um, click to call only, or call only, or call plus desktop link, or call plus website link, something like that. And if you choose the call only, when a user sees the ad in a mobile search result, their only option is the call button. They actually can't get to your website. Right. Which is which is golden for those who don't either don't have a web. A- mobile optimized website uh, or they, they don't want they only want customers that come in by the phone yep. and, and I, I just read wow yesterday the day before a, a fantastic paper that Google produced of click to call from search results and, and so I'll actually send a link after the show so you can you can show it to people but uh-huh. there's there's industries and I can't recall the stats off the top of my head where where Google's seeing, I believe it's up to 77% of the clicks are on the call button, not even visiting the, a website. Wow. Um, now, that was the highest percentage number. That's a huge but percentage. It's huge, yeah. So if you think of you're looking for a restaurant and you just want quick reservations, right? You want open table or to call the restaurant. I mean, that's the only two things you really want. Yeah. Um, you know, locksmith again, a good example or, or, or so forth. So there's a lot of industries. I was talking to a, a company last week that is in the telco space and on mobile ads, they get more clicks on their call extension to call their business than they do clicks to even their website. Wow. Yep. It's, well, that makes it's, a lot of sense. Yeah. By the way, I just looked up the uh, the exact um, setup for click to call only ads, and you're right; it, it's it's not clear that uh, the the setting pertains only to smartphones, but it's the one when you're setting up a call extension that says "show the following links," and the choices are both by website and the phone number, and the other choice is just the phone number. 
So, of course, if you just want to click to call, you tick just the phone number. Hey, um, let's segue into ad testing in general. Uh, I know you've been working on a, a really interesting new product. Uh, why, don't, why don't you talk about that and then, uh, and then talk about um, probably one of the most frequent questions that we get about ad testing, which is when should one uh, assume that the test is over? <laughs> That's a great question. So uh, the new the new program is called Adalysis, A-D-A-L-Y-S-I-S dot com. And essentially, we're trying to make ad testing simple. So you hook up your account. Every night, we will calculate statistical significance by effective device for every ad in the account, only show you where you actually have results and, and things to do. And they give a workflow for pausing ads, deleting them, so forth. And we have a lot of other features. I mean, support cross-ad group testing at a line level and, and so forth. Um, but that's essentially just making ad testing easy for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this gets into minimum data. So, you know, a lot of our decisions, right, were, were based around how, what, what is numbers people need to use and should they be allowed to overwrite the numbers? I mean, that was big product questions. Uh-huh. And and so we went – we hired you know, a professor out of, out of uh, either Cambridge or Oxford, I forget, and someone else with, with a PhD in artificial intelligence to develop algorithms. And, and, of course, when you look at statistical significance data, you can technically have you know, 100 impressions with two clicks versus 75 impressions and 30 clicks. And technically, you have statistical, statistical significance. Now, that's not a lot of data, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so – we, we allow you to, to go low numbers if you want to, but then overwrite your own numbers at every campaign level, account level, so forth. And I think one of the issues I, I, when I really started digging the numbers was how Google determines winners for click-through rate and conversion rate. And so I was doing some tests because you know, if you just want the best click-through rate, right, you can put optimize in Google, and they're going to show the, out of the highest CTR most or – you want most conversions, you'll pick optimize for conversions in the interface. And, and so I tracked a lot of ads pre-100 impressions, which is just not enough impressions. You really want several hundred. And, and Google would often pick a winner before 100 impressions. And so then I started looking and saying, well, but we often – you know, weekday searches and weekend searches and noon searches and, and, and afternoon searches are not the same. So I started saying, well, how often does Google pick wrong? Right? And, and, and so I went and looked at a bunch of accounts where I had turned on optimize for conversions, and Google was serving my highest click-through rate ad the highest, not my highest conversion rate ad. Really? And, and it was almost 15%. <sighs> um, and, and so I realized that no matter what you want to test for, you should either use optimize – or sorry, rotate indefinitely, or if you only have a click-through rate, rotate for 90 days, then optimize. Um, but if you want best conversion rate, you actually should use rotate first. Huh. Interesting. So Google was that far off when the setting was optimized for conversions. Yeah. It was like one in eight ad groups. They had, they had picked the wrong one too early, and the incorrect ad was being served the majority of the time. Interesting. So with your tool, um, can the user designate the uh, length of time 
or the num or the the parameters like the number of impressions that yes. you have to accumulate. Okay. Yeah, so so what we find, and, and this is still early on, but if it's a brand uh, campaign, then someone wants to set 99% confidence, and they want you know, at least five or 700 clicks an ad and 1,000 impressions in you know, two or three weeks of time. And you can set all those in our system. And if it's you know, product-based based ads, then they're going to use slightly lower numbers. And if it's long-tail, they'll use slightly lower and so, because long tail, you can't wait to get you know a hundred clicks on every single ad for every single ad group. You'll right. never get enough data. Where with brand, you want to be really confident. Um, well, one of the one of the uh, I've used your system, and um, one of the to me the the most important features is that uh, one can test ad messaging across ad groups. So for those long tail ad groups, one can set up. Uh, uh, Essentially, the same ad in each ad group, and then um, the the system chooses based on the accumulated data of all the ad groups that are that contain that ad. Yeah, I'm a big fan of well, we call it cross ad group testing, or I used to call it string testing. You know, I've got three, four, five messages I want to test. I either have such a big account I can't handwrite every ad, or I have so little data I need to combine the data at the ad line level, and so. Right. Um, I've been doing it in Excel for years. I love having a tool that does it for me. Truly. So, okay, how do you answer the question? Someone says to you, and I get this all the time too, uh, how many impressions or clicks or conversions should accumulate before I can make a decision about the relative performance of two ads? Sure. So I, I, I these are my favorite numbers. Now, depending on differences in traffic and account size that may change but you know from a time standpoint i'm minimum one week period a week weekend weekday behavior is too different okay. um i'm fine with monthly testing i have no problem with monthly testing or like three buying cycles um from a traffic standpoint i want at least 300 clicks an ad i prefer 500 to a thousand but if after 300 clicks i've got one ad with a 12 percent click through rate and one with a two percent that only has 200 clicks, I, I, you know, that's good enough, right? The difference is so big. Right. Um, at least seven conversions, 15 is better. And, and so it's – and you want to get all the numbers, right? Minimum time, minimum minimum traffic, minimum conversions. Um, good point. Uh, yeah, you, you want all three sets. But, so I'll, but I'll set my bar higher for brand queries and all for long tail. So it, that's you – know, you, can't, you can't get – all as much data as you want for every possible keyword, right? Um, but you can't. But you can for ad groups. So, I, I yep. like your I like your rule: uh, three hundred clicks at least. Uh, more is better. Uh, a week of time, and seven uh, minimum, preferably fifteen conversions. Uh, that's the the safest minimum, or the minimum safest way to compare two ads. Yeah, the the big question for me is, can one person make a big difference in my numbers? So if I have one conversion and 100 clicks, right, I've got a 1% click-through rate, but if the or 1% conversion rate, but if the next person converts, my conversion rate just went from 1 to 1.98%. Huge difference. So if any one person can make a big difference in the data, you're not confident in it, or you shouldn't be confident in it. 
Hey, Brad, um, we've got a break again for some important uh, sponsor messages. So um, hold on for a second, and listeners, please stay with us. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. The following is an encore segment of PPC Rockstars. Welcome to a very, very special end of the year uh, PPC Rockstars, discussing a topic that uh, is really, really important and also possibly one of the least well understood asset, uh, aspects of especially Google AdWords advertising, and that is quality score. So uh, I'm fortunate to have with me uh, two of the world's leading experts on quality score, and those they are Brad Geddes of BG Theory and Craig Danieloff of Click Equations. Brad, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, David. And Craig, always a pleasure to, to be talking with you again in any, any context. Well, it's great to be here. Let's switch gears to a mystery that uh, uh, I'm not sure I'm, I have a firm position on, but I think you guys might, and that is the uh, the, the uh, account quality score. I, I was about to call it mythological, but I think it's real. And uh, uh, I'm interested in your opinions about account quality score, and especially I sent you uh, both in advance of this show a paragraph from a blog that uh, that. Uh, it says they're quoting a Google representative when they say uh, or they imply that uh, if an account has a large number of keywords and those keywords don't perform well, they start to drag down the quality score of the account and it can even affect uh uh, performance of keywords that don't have a low quality score or don't have a large number of uh, keywords um, so 
I, I, there are really two questions there. I'm going to start with you, Brad. Um, can you can you describe uh, what uh, what you th- feel is fact about the account quality score, and then comment on whether uh, this uh, reference is true or false, which is if you just the presence of a large number of keywords that aren't performing well might drag down uh, the quality score of the entire account and affect other parts of the account and campaigns that uh, may even be performing acceptably. So I absolutely believe there is an account quality score. I absolutely believe it. I have an account that's been running since 2002 when Google wow. first opened. And no matter what I could do to the account, I can put in a keyword that's completely unrelated to something. I will start with a minimum of seven quality score. Its history is that good over years of time. I completely believe in this account quality score. Now, I think a lot of times what it's used for is to determine first page CPCs and quality scores of brand new keywords in your account. I think that's a lot of, of its impact. If you're in medical jargon industry, and you have a, a great history in your account, and you add new keywords that Google doesn't really know, you'll see lower first-page CPCs and better quality scores. You, you know, you're you a, a real estate agent who advertised in the word like home and house and had this horrible CTR over years of time. No matter what you add to your account, it's going to have a lower um, quality score when you first add it. I completely believe it's true. Now, when you say a keyword with 100, 200 impressions, and I saw the article you, you referenced, and a large number of keywords, you have to temper that on what the account's overall data looks like. And if you've got 800,000 keywords that are doing you know, a few million impressions a month, and you have 1,000 keywords that are doing 50 impressions or so that you're trying out, who cares? That, that number is so small, it's not a big deal. Um, however, I would never personally, I would not just delete a word again because it's quality scores low. I would assume that the ad copy isn't right. There's something else maybe to tweak first. And so if you added some long tail keywords, my first thought is not just delete the, the low performing ones. It's let's make low performing ones try to work a couple times. And if it fails a few times to work, sure, then go ahead and get rid of it because you've tried it out. But when you add a word, you did research, and you thought it's a good keyword, just because it's got 100 impressions and a quality score of three or four, I wouldn't assume inherently that was a bad decision. I would assume inherently the ad copy, like we talked about earlier, is probably the call porter made the landing page, and let's tweak it a couple times, then maybe get rid of it. Gotcha. That's, that all sounds reasonable to me. Craig, you want to weigh in on this one? Yeah, there's no doubt there's account quality score. I mean, it's 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 littered through the Google literature and evidence, as Brad just suggested. You know, clearly points to it. Um, we could I could cite endless examples of it. Um, what we don't know about it. I mean, this is one of those eleven questions in my blog post. Is we know there's a history, you know, account history quality score. Um, but we don't know is what is the decay rate. Uh, you know, how is that used? Meaning, if I if someone else managed this account and I took it over six months ago and I've been doing great and quality scores, click-through rates have risen and quality scores have risen as in a little, am I still being dragged down by the two years previous? Um, it, it, every combination of that question. All indications are you are. The history matters. And again, Brad just illustrated that. And I, I've seen examples in both directions, you know, accounts that can do it all wrong and accounts that can do it all right. And Google does say, you know, the Google help personnel and the forums uh, and and you know, the folks I've been talking to in AdWords lately, that accounts can be poisoned 
and you need to turn it off and start a brand new account um, because the history, which is basically at, uh, at account level CTR, is so bad that, the, you know, this is a reputation system. That's what it, and Brad was making the same point. If they know they can trust you, then they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If they know you've been terrible forever, it, you, you, they, you don't have any credibility when you do something new. And at some points, it's just damaged. You've got to throw it away. Um, and that's a whole decision point in a process, but it's absolutely true. I think the thing that matters, and it's, you know, we've come up a couple times today, is you need to look at a distribution of quality scores across your account, and you really need that weighted by impression volume. So Brad was citing you know, completely logical uh, you know, points that if it's a big account, you know, 5%, even 10% of your keywords that are doing badly because they're new keywords, because they're experimental for you know, because you don't have time to work on the ad copy or whatever it is, it's not going to hurt. The problem is all the people, and I've, you know, we have a tool in Click Equations that does these distributions of quality score, and I run it on lots of our clients. And, and actually, in the, in the book I've been working on, I've made this a whole central point of what is the percentage of your quality score keywords below seven? And if, it's, yeah. if, if more than you know, 30% of your keywords are in that negative category, right? Seven is the mean and below is bad. Once you have, thir- and some people have, there's a lot of people with 50, 60, 70% of their keywords down there. Yep. This is not the situation we've been talking about. Um, and so you, you, you need perspective on the whole thing, basically. Um, but your account matters. And I think in that blog post, you know, if two people are running in one account and one's doing badly, they're hurting the good guy. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, can I ask a follow up real quick? Sure. So, Craig, do you season accounts? What I mean is um, something that, that I'll try occasionally is only put in branded terms in account or exact match high CTR words, let the account run for a month or six weeks, get all positive data, then start building out the account. Do you ever, you ever try that and see how well it works? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely would recommend that. And not only that, I, I've, I've heard of extreme cases um, – which probably shouldn't be gone into here, of, of tricks to season an account. Um, but it's the same philosophy that you want to have the highest click-through rate keywords you can run for a, a while. Now, what Google has told me, I've, I've had the conversation about this topic, is yes, it makes sense to do, but not to overdo it, meaning that once quality score stabilizes, um, you can start increasing. But that the trick is, what people do when they do, even I've worked with accounts that have done seasoning before, and they'll put their brand only in for a couple of weeks, and those tend to do well, and they'll get higher quality scores than they ever had before in a brand new account, and then they'll dump in the other 300,000 keywords. That You want to basically work in chunks of the impression count. Again, the impression count matters. So if I was getting you know, 50,000 impressions a week on my brand, I want to now add a bunch of keywords with another 50,000 you know, impression volume of of non-branded keywords. I don't want to dump in 8 million impressions worth of keywords. So you can grow, you know, geometrically. So if I have 50,000 worth, maybe I add 50 to 100,000 worth, let those stabilize, make sure they're good, show Google I know how to work these keywords, get sevens and eights primarily or whatever I get. Then maybe add 200,000. So, you know, just don't dump it in. You're, you're building a reputation, and every time you expand your effort – you know, there's there's a risk, and and again, so if I had the problem mathematically is if I have two hundred, let's say I get up to two hundred thousand impressions, um, you know, doing well, I dump in five hundred thousand, and those turn out to be all my fives and sixes and crappy keywords. This is exactly the boat David was just talking about. All that huge mass of bad 
is going to start dragging down what is now my now little island of good. Yeah, we we have an internal phrase for that. It's called uh, replete with suckage. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but um, uh, let me answer your uh, let me address what what your your question to Craig uh, Brad, and that is uh, seasoning the the new account. So we we follow that procedure as well, and that is um, uh, when a new account is started. And frequently we do this when we're building an, uh, a new, an account from scratch. We frequently inherit uh, total total messes that we need to uh, where, where the best uh, approach is not triage; it's actually building the account from scratch. Uh, so we follow the the procedure that you guys are both describing, but with one really really important caveat, and that is um, if there are keywords in the new account that have low search volume, then they uh, automatically get a low quality score. Um, so I, I call this the Google, the Google uh, guilty until proven innocent. Uh, penalty, and I think it's unfair, and I hope they change it someday, uh, for this reason. Frequently, the lowest search volume keywords in your, uh, in your arsenal are your brand names, because, uh, you know, especially for new brands or unknown brands or, or companies that don't have market share, frequently the lowest search volume keywords in their account are, are brand names. So uh, that that argues counter to uh, start the seasoning process with brand terms because if your brand terms don't have high search volume, Google's going to start them out at a low quality score. And I believe I've seen an effect that is horribly detrimental, which is that low quality score uh, creates a low account level quality score such that later bringing in uh, higher volume keywords – um, uh, the, the, those are penalized from the start too. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, one of the things that I think people don't uh, take into account is when Google looks at quality score. When you use a keyword that many advertisers purchase, Google knows how it should perform. Right? They right. know that when people run this, they get a three percent click through rate. So if you start getting a three point nine, they know you're better. If you are getting a two, they know you're doing bad. Um, if they if no one's bought that keyword before because it's a weird new brand. You're totally right, but I don't think that's ever going to change. It's again, you got to prove your reputation somehow, and maybe in, that, in those cases for small unknown brands, you know that that it's more long tail, three or four word phrases about you know with good intent to your your product or service that you need to build it upon. Um, so I, I mean, I understand it, but I don't I don't know that it's hard to imagine that changing really. Yeah. Well. We can we can hope, uh, Brad. Any anything to add about that about the uh, uh, seasoning process or the seasoning methodology? No, I, when you use the word brand, that's always is it a big brand? Everyone knows lots of volume, or in your case, a lot of smaller brands. So then you are you're correct. So you always have to. There's no one rule fits everybody just because of size and, and previous knowledge. But the, the good I'm helping someone right now with an account like this, and the good news is if you have that crappy old account with the history that you're running away from, right? You can go look at that and say, look, even in that environment, here's the top 10% of quality score keywords, right? So yep. throw those in first. They can yep, be spread out. They can be whatever. Um, and, and I mean, what you normally see, and I, I don't know if this is your experience, when you move those to a new account and start without the bad ones. Now, this, the same thing can happen if you're just rehabbing an account. You know, and despite I think the earlier conversations, everyone would agree if you start if you have a terrible account, creating a new one is not an option for whatever reason. Turn off the bad, let the good run, reestablish some element of you know local account history, meaning short term account history that's good, 
now start turning back on the other ones with improvements that should you know drive up their CTRs. Um, so you, you know you can season it in advance, or you can always essentially season it at a time. You just mostly the argument there is, hey, we're going to take a revenue hit, you know, a volume hit and a revenue hit because we're going to shut down, limit the account for a while, and that's right. a business complexity, obviously. Sure. Yep. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Uh, fortunately, uh, for l- listeners, you can tune in next week to get the second half of this show, where we'll be discussing uh, uh, e- even meatier topics relating to quality score. You won't want to miss it. Uh, thanks, Craig. Looking forward to talking to you next week. All right, David. Thanks. And thank you, Brad. You're going to come back, right? I will be here, David. Cool. And thank you, listeners, for a cool quality score edition of PPC Rockstars. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.